This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geekscapists, I hope you've been enjoying these little mini Geekscape pods that I've been putting in the feed on the way to Geekscape episode 400. This next one is another panel discussion from Kamikaze 2015. This was recorded over Halloween weekend um, back in uh, in 2015, so a few months ago. Uh, this panel discussion was me and Daryl from Run DMC and his editor-in-chief Edgardo, and they run Daryl Makes Comics. And this one is particularly awesome to listen to because... Uh, Daryl says something during the middle of it that I thought was so profound and touching that as he was saying it, I could feel myself welling up with tears because it resonated so greatly with me. And, uh, I, I said it earlier in the podcast a few months ago, um, when I was talking about Kamikaze, but what Daryl says in this next clip, uh, a few, I think it's about 10, 15 minutes in about growing up and the effect that comic books had in his creative life and his social life and becoming a, uh, who he is today um, is one of the most powerful things I've heard uh, said about the medium of comics or the fiction in general. So it's really awesome, very touching. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here's that panel discussion. We've got a little bit more go- uh, to go, and then we got episode 400. So enjoy. I want to introduce you to some brand new comic book creators, but uh, they're old school creatives. And I think you might recognize this first man, Daryl DMC McDaniels. And Daryl makes comics. And his hey, what's editor up, in chief, Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. What's up? What's up, everybody? And they're going to talk to you guys about. What's up, Los Angeles? We're going to talk about their brand new comic book company. Yes, yeah, which we is are. like the heart. I mean, you guys have a brand new comic book company. Yes, Daryl makes comics, even though Daryl doesn't make comics by himself. Right. He's got a couple people on the team. And the, are those, each issue is like an oversized issue, and then it comes out in like a trade? Or? No, no. We, we had the regular size. This is issue number one right. of Daryl Makes Comics Universe. Issue number one of the regular size sold out, which is a good thing. But this is a special edition giant size, no, king no, no, no. size, because I'm the king of rock, king size edition with a little... A couple of extras on the inside, because we like to do it big for y'all. And that is issue number two. We did two different covers. One artist is Umberto Ramos. And the other artist is Bill Sinkevich. Wow. And we did that because if you remember, when Run DMC put out the Raising Hell album, we had two different covers. So we're trying to keep it familiar we're trying to keep it fun, and we're trying to test your wits. 
And one of the things we love to do to showcase the artwork is actually print the books with gatefold covers. So it's not just a cover literally on the front of the book, but it's an actual experience because one of the things that we do at our publishing company that sets us apart from other publishing companies, we tell our stories from New York City, but to make it more authentic, we actually bring in a lot of graffiti artists to collaborate with a lot of the established comic book artists. So when you have this cover, you're looking at a cover that's also incorporating wild-style graffiti. And to really get that experience, you need to have a full gatefold cover to really appreciate the artwork. Because our our whole venture, when we thought about doing a comic book, one of the first things, the first priorities was we have to do it with integrity. And the second thing was do it as a tribute and a celebration of comic book culture. Because comic books, you know, for me, even though I was really, really successful in the music business, is rapping with Run and doing, you know, the Walk This Way record and, you know, the first to go gold, first to go platinum, first on the cover of Rolling Stone, first with the big tours, first with the sneaker deals, everything that hip-hop is doing, people say that's because of what Run DMC and Jam Master J did. But my confidence, everything that gave me my presence, everything that gave me my de- delivery, Everything that gave me my style came from the comic books. It was comic books before hip-hop for me. And hip-hop, when hip-hop came along, the creativity, the look, the feel, the sound, the vibe, the style, the fashion of comic books enabled me to not just pretend I was a king, I really became the king of rock. And that was because of comic books. If you go back to 1985, and you listen to Run DMC's King of Rock, throughout my career, Easter Eggs has, has always been there. There's a part when Run says he, wanted, he knew he wanted to be the best DJ in the world. So there's a rhyme where he says, I'm DJ Run, I could scratch. I don't go, I'm DMC, I could rap. I say, I'm DMC, I could draw. If you listen to King of Rock, crash through walls, come through floors, bust through ceilings and knock down doors. What do superheroes do? Marvel Comics was a big inspiration to me because Marvel comic books had the um, superheroes in New York City. And if you look at my Marvel comic books, it was always the amazing Spider-Man, the incredible Hulk. It was always the adjective and then who they were. I became in hip-hop literally the devastating, mic-controlling DMC, the microphone masters. Thor is the son of Odin. So I said, yo, you know what? I'm going to be... Son of Pyfrit, brother of Al, banners my mother and runs my pal. It's McDaniels, not McDonald's. These rhymes are Daryl's, those burgers are Ronald's. I ran down my family tree, my mother, my father, my brother, and me. So everything that I did on my records, thank you. Everything on my records, my personality, my look, my delivery, my presence, I was pretending to be the most dominant being in this world of hip-hop. And because of comic books, it allowed it to come true. So every time somebody's listening to that and thinking they're the coolest person on the street, they're just listening to a giant nerd. 
Yes, yes, king of the geeks. Forget the Greek God. I am a geek God. I get to speak hard because I hit the beach hard. To see this belt buckle, I wear it all day. And every time that you see me, I am chilling with Jay. It's just a simple dedication to my mom and my dad. And for your information, don't get me mad. Don't treat me like I'm soft just because I'm a nerd. Because I ripped your effing head off. And that is my word. I like to have you on our side. I'm glad you're on our side. The jocks can have whoever. I like that you're on our side. That's yes, amazing. Yes, good side to be on. Who, who was the DMC that got into comics? Like, who was that Daryl? This little Daryl McDaniels. I went to Catholic school my whole life. So growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, um, it was kind of horrible. Because I'm a Catholic school kid, you wear a uniform. So right away, you're advertising that you go to Catholic school. And the public school kids is funny. They see the Catholic school kid in a uniform, and that's what they thought. Oh, you got a uniform on. You go to Catholic school. Your mother and father pay for you to go to school. Run it. So I got my lunch money taken. I used to wear glasses every day of my life. So back in the days, wearing glasses wasn't cool. My whole life was, hey, four eyes. Pop upside my head. Did you see that? So when I wasn't in school, it was cool. But when I got home, the best world that was perfect, the world that was complete, the world where I was incredible, the world where I was untouchable was the comic books. It was a place where I was able to go away and get away from the harsh realities of being a young man growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York. But that being said, comic books also did something special for the school kid. Because remember, in the 60s and 70s, even the educators was always like, there's something wrong with the kids that read comic books. Don't let the kids read comic books. Because I was reading comic books every day, I was an excellent student. And why? In school, you learn about World War II, right? In school, you take the test. But when you read Captain America, Captain America takes you there. You know, in school, you learn about science and the planets and the asteroids and the sun. But the comic books, the Silver Surfer takes you there. And if you think about the power of your imagination, imagination is real, y'all. And I'm a living, breathing entity that proves that. Everything that I was getting from the comic books in the so-called fake imaginary world, those, those, that inspiration, that education, edu I was educated in, from comic books, that motivation, you know, when you imagine something, you create the image, imagination, image, imagine, image in. So I literally became everything that I believed. Go check my resume. Listen to my, listen to my music. Everything from, you know, Wycliffe said DMC is the only MC that can rhyme about Christmas time, chicken and collard greens, and St. John's University and make it gangster. So everything that superheroes represent comic books was given that to me as a as a kid and those in, images ideas concepts and thoughts really manifested in this world right here so i'm no different from anybody that's here today i was that little kid that loved comic books that loved cartoons that loved science fiction and if you believe every if you believe and see something in those stories and those characters that's there the reason why you love those things is they're really a part of you in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> right, Ed? Word. That was, a, that was beautiful. 
Um, so these now guys you're giving back. So me. now, so like, tell me the process of putting together a company. At what point were you like, I'm going to put together a company? This is the team. Well, talk about some of the people you've recruited. We had we had a conversation that started without me, without um, other partner Riggs Morales, and Riggs actually has a reputation in music industry for working with the careers of Eminem, Fifty Cent, and um, with Eminem's record label Shady Records, but. Riggs also collaborated with me on some of the exhibitions I did with Marvel. I actually curated a few art exhibitions before working with DMC. And Riggs came up with the idea of having the three of us actually have a sit-down. After we spoke, Daryl shared all of these stories about his youth. One of the most fascinating stories is that his older brother kind of tricked him into selling his entire comic book collection so that they could get turntables and a mixer. But it's okay, because it turned out all right for him. It turned out okay, yeah. And we talked about this idea of what would it be like to make an actual comic book, because Riggs came up with the idea that the character has to be as iconographic as DMC is to us in real life. And those of us who grew up with this music, it was larger than life. You know, he's my partner, and I still have surreal moments. I was there last night at Club Nokia on, like, stage left watching him perform. And I'm like, you guys there? this is the guy I work with. This is Bananas. You know, I mean, what other publisher could get on a microphone and kill it the way the King of Rock did last night, for real, you know? Mm-hmm. And I so heard, we came uh, up with heard, this idea. I heard Grant Morrison actually does that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we came up with this idea of doing this, the publishing company, but one of the things we told D. If we're going to do this, we have to work with 13-year-old Daryl McDaniels. Check your ego at the door. Check your titles at the door. Check your prestige at the door. And he came back to us and says, we'll build out this universe, but pimp me. He literally says, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to sell this universe to the rest of the world. They're going to see me as DMC, King of Rock, Microphone Master, but I'm going to introduce them to this comic book world that we're developing. And so here we are. We're developing this universe. We're in our third year doing our publishing company. 100% 100% independent. No angel investors, no like firms behind us. It's 100% funded by Mr. DMC himself. A lot what, of work, a lot of work. But what that means is that we but have fun. We have 100% control of our intellectual property. We have 100%, 100% control of where our narrative goes, who our characters are, and also who we work with. We have an incredibly diverse roster. And, and right now, you know, Comic industry is trending, the whole concept of diversity in comics. But for us, growing up in New York City, diversity is natural. It's part of who we are. Our roster is naturally diverse, and our stories are naturally diverse. And so we literally go to Comic-Con, selling our comic books at our tables, booth 509, for real. Just like MCs would sell mixtapes out of their trunks. Because back in the days, record labels wouldn't give an MC a record deal. So we didn't decide to go to a publishing company to get a publishing deal. We decided to get in our trunk, literally, we, in our Ford Escalade, right? <laughs> you know that, right out the back of the trunk, put our graphic novels on the table, and here we are. This is where we are, presenting it to the fans, and so far the response has been fantastic. I mean, from comic book resources to the New York Times, Comicsverse even gave us a four-and-a-half-star review for our first book, and that's phenomenal thank to you. hear that. Yes, thank you so much. And you know? the, the reason why I was working, like I said, we do it with integrity. When the reader comes into the DMC universe, you feel that you're a part of this universe. Right. Like, when you look at hip-hop, there's not a generation gap between the older people and the younger people. It's an information gap. We don't have things where we communicate. If you use the arts and creativity as a force to bring people together who go through similar things, who live similar lives and do similar things, that's why in the book, 
the one edge that we did was, in this universe, my superpower is hip-hop and rock and roll. I'm, I am the baddest being in hip-hop. Not Jay-Z, not Eminem, not Run, DMC. Those guys are just rappers and MCs and celebrities. But I am the king of rock. Like Thor is son of Odin, I am the son of Bifred. But in a comic book, what we did was, in this universe, DMC never becomes a musician because we keep it real. It'd be corny if you have a rapping superhero. Am I right, Ed? That would be so So in this book, it is me, Daryl McDaniels from Hollis, Queens, New York. I grow up bifing and banners, my mother and father. I go to St. John's University. I graduate. I become a teacher because I'm all about education. But I never meet Run. In this universe, my superpower is rock and roll and hip-hop. In the comic book universe, it's Daryl McDaniels, but I'm really a superhero. So you can relate to that because all the concepts, ideas, situations, storylines relate to young mothers and fathers, foster kids. We deal with homophobia. We deal with the politics. We deal with the economy. Domestic violence. We deal with domestic violence. And we don't do it in an after-school special. Again, right. it's, it's kind of... it's not an after-school special. It's, it's something that's organic. It's part of our life, and it's seamlessly woven into the, the narrative that we come up right. with. And it gives the characters that much more depth. And one of the things that we do, working with a lot of the different artists that we have, I mean, we got artists that have worked in animation, like Chase Conley and Sungu One, who worked on Black Dynamite, to artists who have worked with DC and Marvel, like Sean Crystal and Juan Doe, and as well as a couple artists like Umberto Ramos and Vincent Kevitz. He's doing X-Men now. And it gives us a good balance to give us the credibility that we want to be, that we want, so that we're taken seriously as publishers. And, uh... There's so many questions, but basically what you were saying was like the blueprint for Spider-Man. You know, we're not going right. to make this an episode. You know, each right. issue like is not going to be uh, a story about one issue. It's just going to be interwoven with the characters that That's are real. exactly right. And in doing, I mean, did you read DC at all? I mean, I feel like there was that generational disconnect because DC would put it in Metropolis, and you can't walk down the street of Metropolis <laughs> in Gotham. And now, but, but Stan would put his books well, I mean, in New York. Think about Marvel and DC. I mean, like, I... I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I'm more of a Marvel head. I did read DC, but I read more like Batman. But Batman had a little more grounding, even though he was a billionaire, you know. But the thing about DC, uh, Marvel is that Marvel's heroes had feet of clay. They, were, they had flaws, you know. And I think, and it also, it, it, was, it was rooted in a real city. Like Daryl and I, we grew up in New York City. We grew up in different parts of the city, but Marvel Comics showed us like the entire city, you know what I mean? And what we're doing with our book is kind of like giving a tribute to that era that inspired us by showing the entire New York City, not just Midtown Manhattan, but the Bronx, Lower East Side, Brooklyn, Queens. But is DMC the only character in the no, book? No, he's not is the he only the character. Ca- is it like Spider-Man is to... I would exactly, never what we've done- bore you with a million issues of my boring behind. No, that's not going to happen. Well, DMC we, is one of the characters right. in this universe. What we've done is we've actually cl- carefully developed a lot of characters. This right here, for example, you have DMC, and he's on the Black Betty, which is his kind of like souped-up ride. But on his side is actually Lack 6. And then you have this little B-boy martial arts crew called the Breaks. See, the thing is, our superheroes that's are coming from plan. this. Our superheroes are coming from a B-boy perspective. 
a b-boy universe because our influences are what we were influenced by when john buscema and kirby created heroes they were inspired by pirate films and wrestling we were inspired by b-boys and graph writers so that's kind of like flows into and, our, and graffiti artists. and that flows into our um book so it's all about expanding a universe with an amazing amount of characters so that it isn't just a dmc book page after page in fact it isn't until the second book that you actually learn more about daryl mcdaniel's the teacher oh, he is right Right. So it's really about building out a universe, and we're doing it very slowly, very carefully, so that we don't reveal everything. We haven't even revealed all of DMC's powers yet, because right. it's part of the narrative. We, wanna, we don't start with the origin, we start with the universe already in, in welcoming these characters and this kind of right. trend that's happening. It's like you woke up and you're in this 80s-like universe. It looks like the 80s, it feels like the 80s, it sounds like the 80s, and the reason why we chose the 80s was... Let's be real. In the 80s, it was one of the most artistically creative times on the face of the earth. You had hip-hop in New York. You had punk rock in New York. You had Keith Haring. You had Basquiat. Um, you had some of the greatest journalists. You know what I'm saying? There was just something about the 80s along with all the hip-hop. If you was to go downtown... If you was to go to a club in the 80s, you would walk in there and you would see Basquiat, you would see the Ramones, you would see Lou Reed. People forget that Blondie was a punk rock band that made a record about a DJ called Grandmaster Flash. So for us, our world was all of the elements that was Asian, Latino, um, Jewish, Italian, across the globe. Our art in our creativity and what we wore, what we read, what we looked, kung fu movies. Bruce Lee is like a god to us in hip hop and everybody loves Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was ahead of his time because now the MMA is doing stuff that he was doing in Enter the Dragon. So what we're trying to say is us geeks and us nerds were always here, but there was a lot of us that was ashamed to come out the closet. So when you get people like DMC from Run DMC and Tom Morello and Scott Ian, when you get the rock stars who are really, not the politicians, the rock stars, the musicians who are really the voices of the emotions of the people, um, Ed and Rick said, D, everything that you was able to do with your music for generations, even to this day, five and six-year-old kids loving Tricky, we can do with this DMC universe, to, with this book. We want to bring fathers together. We want to bring mothers together. When Steven Tyler took the mic stand in a Walk This Way video and knocked down the wall, people told me, D, don't you know that really happened in real life? And I was like, really, it did? But that's what power is about. There's a superhero in all of us. So uh, I'm going to open it up to audience questions. There's a microphone back there. The one question I want to know is, uh, is that a collection of single issues? That are like distributed online or, or no. digital. It's all. That's the only way that those since are distributed. We're, since we're a small publisher, what we decided to do instead of doing single issues that would compete against the thousands of books that were coming out every month from other publishers, we decided to put out our book annually. So once a year, we put out a full-length graphic novel that has the equivalent of five issues inside. And the first book came. The first full-length graphic novel came out last year, and the second book, which is here, debuts actually here at Kamikaze. And it will be on sale internationally um, December 2nd. So we're already in pre-production of book three. And, and we're sticking to comics. And we're sticking, and to, sticking comics. to comics. If anybody has any questions about that, we're here to make comics. Not cool. movies, not cartoons, not toys. We're not making comic games. books. 
So, Very dedicated to guys, that. Guys, there's a microphone right there if anybody has some questions for these guys about Daryl Makes Comics. Step right uh, up if you have a question. She has the microphone She's right in the middle. The microphone. Uh, and uh, you can also challenge them to a rap battle if you'd like. We can do that back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, how much of the um, story is about what's really happening in your life? Well, actually... Wow, that's a great question. This is, that's a very good question. DMC's life is actually the template for how we developed this universe. DMC grew up loving Bruce Lee and Kung Fu movies, so we developed characters that study Wing Chun. Wing Chun was the original martial arts style that Bruce Lee studied that he learned from his sister before he developed Jeet Kune Do. And another thing we did also did is at 35, DMC found out that he was adopted. He was a foster child. So we decided, instead of actually having his character be the foster child, the poster child for foster children, we actually made one of our own characters, Lack Six, who's our breakout character for book two. We made her a foster child. So a lot of his life, we don't take it as a literal adaptation, but more of a, more of a point of inspiration. Right, and he also, he's also a teacher in the book, which has always been one of his passions before. Before, before hip-hop, he always actually wanted to teach. He loved English. He loved the language. That's he wrote why poetry. all my rhymes was about school. I'm DMC. Be cool. Go to school. Don't mess with drugs and thugs and you'll be cool. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew education. I knew all the geeky, nerdy stuff makes you the most powerful individual on the face of the earth. So let's not get it twisted. The geeks and nerds rule. Thank you. Good question. Anyone else? The microphone's right over here. Just race over to her. And, Anybody uh, else have a question? question? She's got it. Somebody got a question right here. The yeah, little right kid the right here. Oh, the this front. little kid? Right yes. here. That's a rap The young bottom. man right this there. This guy in the blue, in the blue. Do you have one? Oh, this Right guy? there, right there. You have a question? Um, can you rap for us? Can you can rap, I rap for, for us? you? All right. Um, check it out. Let me, th- let, me, let me put. No, no, I'm going to do it a cappella. Check it out. Superman and Batman was having a fight. Giving me inspiration for a song I could write. Now when I came along as the son of the pipe in this physical form is how I celebrate life. No, I don't need a preacher and I don't need a priest. Just give me Mel and Mo D on a beat with a speech. I got a good reputation because I rep for the streets. And for your information, I am king of the geeks. <laughs> have you talked to Stan about the, the king of the geeks title? Have you... But we're going to have to battle for that. Because um, y'all see me battle Mang, right? Yeah. Y'all see me battle Mang, so, you know, All right, I, I'll, I'll do some battles but now. I, isn't Kirby the king? I mean... King Kirby. Kirby might be the king. You know, I might have to, you know, I might have to wait till I'm able to sit on that throne. Okay. But we're on our way with this DMC universe. One book at a time. One book yeah, at we, a can, time. we can't mess with respect due to King Kirby. You're right. Just yeah. making sure. No, let me every, stay in my lane. Are, let me stay in my lane. I don't want to be a new Jack just, you know, sure. getting and, out of his lane. And you lane. said that some of the other rappers are in the book, or in the universe of the book. No, actually, no. Has, this is not has a, anybody this contacted you and been like, I want to be a villain? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing, um, we're not doing. Cameos. Cameos, right. In the book, DMC's a teacher. Right. So he's not going to be doing rapping. He don't know no rappers. But the kids in his classroom. They're the ones that's playing the heavy metal. They're the ones that's playing the hip-hop. They're the ones that's playing the instruments. DMC is viewing the hip-hop from the outside. And the hip-hop is creating the powerful universes within the DMC universe. And yeah, it's catching you, him by surprise. You can have like Eminem as like a janitor or something. They, they don't have no, to be no, rappers. But that being said, there is cameos of iconic pop figures 
all throughout our universe. Okay. Yeah, those are all Easter eggs, but you'll have to pick up the books to see them. How, how much is a book like that? We're sending the graphic novels uh, for $20 at our booth, and every, every purchase you get, a, get, you get a photograph with DMC. We're also sending the King Size Edition, which is exclusive to Comic Bonds as well, and this is actually a $40 oversized, the King Size Edition. And it's the same as the, the first graphic novel. They're all... Okay. Yes. Actually, no. Right. This actually had the bonus chapter. It wasn't available in the first trade paperback. Wow. So this actually had the bonus chapter in the book. Okay. Well, uh, what, what's the booth? Booth 509. Booth 509. And that's in the West Hall? Yes, it is. All that's, right. that's past the okay. food court. And we're actually on our way over there after our panel. We got one last question over here. Yeah. And, then, and then we wrap it up. Is there any okay. possibility Run might make an appearance in the book... No, Ron is not going to make appearance in the book because in this universe, in that world, DMC never meets Run. DMC is not a rapper, but here's something cool for all of y'all. Jam Master J is in the book. Jam Master J is in the book, but not just because he passed away. If you're a real hip-hop head, if you're a real hip-hop fan, if you really know about the universe, the mysterious supernatural universe you live in, you have to think why Jay is really in the book. What is the significance of Jay's presence? That's something that will probably tickle your brain's fancy for the next hundred years because the DMC universe is going to be here just like Spider-Man, Hope, Superman, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> thank you Guys, so much, thank you everybody. so much, man. Booth 509. Don't forget thank your you. phone, Agarda.